everyone. Hi, hello. Welcome to another exciting episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I'm sitting here in my studio with Kate McCucci, whom I have not had on the show in many, many years. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. Hi. It's good to see you. Good and see um, you. and also, this is so funny, you know, doing a podcast. Like, it's been so long since I've done an in-person podcast. Oh, really? So, yeah. I'm like, I actually get to look into your eyes. This yeah. is so wild. Is everything on Zoom for you now? Mostly, yeah. yeah. Almost completely on zoom yeah it is convenient like there's still podcasts i do on zoom but now that it's safe to be back in person i vastly prefer it yeah well i mean even just timing wise it's you know that little delay can be yeah yeah totally but thanks for having me i was just saying we were saying how um i was here we think maybe 2015 2015 yes you were at my at my um the place i lived before this when i called it dining room studios because it was in my dining room yep and i actually just went back and listened to that episode so i have all sorts of info about what we talked about then uh there was going to be a special sunset do you remember that i was that sounds right (laughs) are you still all about sunsets yes and we just moved and i'm so excited because i can see the sunset again it's the show um (laughs) Yeah. So yes, that's so funny. That sounds yeah. right. I wow. Yeah, I was really for a long time. My Instagram was full of sunsets. Oh yeah, <laughs> which is very embarrassing. No, I think that's sweet. I think that's very sweet. Oh, um, thanks. So okay, actress, musician, voiceover artist, uh, artist, artist. What am I missing? I think that's that's about it. I think. <laughs> Mom, mom, that's the thing that runs the my days right now. Wife, yeah. yes, person who, when I last talked to you, you have a skate ramp in your backyard. Are you had? We did. We you just moved. sold the house, but we had a half pipe. Um, it, you know, in like we had the the dream, like the house I had ho- would hope I would have, like when I was fifteen, mm-hmm. like you know, half pipe, your pool, like a giant hot tub, like you know, just like. It was a mid-century house. It was very cool. Mm. Um, and then, and then we just moved. We decided, like, kind of very quickly to to move um, to an apartment, which has been amazing. And it's so interesting because, like, I always think, oh, like maybe it's just how I was raised. Like, you got to, you know, a, a bigger house and a bigger house, and that's just mm-hmm. like, you know, as you do well, you got a, a bigger right. place. And it's the Jefferson's dream. Yeah, and it's really crazy because it's. For me, it's been so much easier to be creative in a smaller space. And I think that's just me personally. That's so but interesting. I feel so much more free in my own mm-hmm. brain because I'm not worried about like the the moles that are chewing away at the dirt or like, you know, like things that I was always having to deal right. with with the house. Stuff you had to manage. Yeah. It just freed me up and also less stuff. Mm-hmm. I have also learned that it's easier to like fill your brain with creative creative thoughts rather than like, you know, we just... It, it's been helpful. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's just where I am now. Who knows what the next thing will be? Um, I always love not knowing what the next thing will be. But um, but yeah, I think it's going to be I, I don't know. I like living in a smaller space. Um, Are you kind of a minimalist? I wasn't always. I mm-hmm. just got rid of so much. I like I had a nun collection that I've been collecting for like 20 years, not like little figurine nuns. And I just gave them all away. Like I'm just kind of purging Right. Trying to um, live simply so that I could then maybe perhaps make 
more stuff. But then also going through all of my storage that I've been going through. Like, Did you have a storage space or was this kept in the house? Yes. Storage, well, so I had a personal storage space and then Ricky and I had a separate storage space for like all of our merch. And then mm-hmm. that kind of we combined all of that that then moved around and then Ricky was like, you know, I have a lot of boxes of your things. And I was like, oh, really? Like a lot? And she's like, yeah. And so I said, okay, I'll get them. And it was a like maybe 30 boxes. So I just went through all of that and got rid of, I probably am down to like four. And, um, but in those boxes, it was like uh, a crazy person, like, like notes, drawing so many drawings that's the thing like is it hard to get rid of those well i'm okay with my husband's very sweet he doesn't want me to get rid of any art Mm -hmm. so that that's what those bins are are just loose pieces of paper with drawings on them but um but yeah i got rid of like the the bigger collections a lot of i got rid of a lot of like paintings and things not that are not mine but like just kind of trying to be more minimalist uh i don't know trying it out (laughs) so when ricky told you hey i have boxes of your stuff yeah how did you feel oh i would be like oh no more shit i have to go through i've been putting off going through shit excuse my language uh for years like my mom would love me to take stuff out of her house and i'm like i would like to put that off yeah i had just gone through it was sort of like i thought i had already gone through most of my stuff Mm -hmm. from the move and then and then i was like oh wait there's more there's (laughs) that much more oh no but uh in some way it was really nice to Mm -hmm. look through stuff like um i found handwritten directions to my very first job it was a commercial I threw it away but like i you know it was cool to see like i was like wow that was the first thing i ever went to and weirdly it's like around the corner from where i now live and i would never have known that um oh that's so cool yeah so it was like this actual true full circle kind right. of feeling but uh but yeah it, it was Wait, was that the commercial where you're eating a candy bar yes. in the theater you, you remember about, it uh, oh I, no we talked about it i okay. wish i would am so tempted to pretend that i just happened to remember that but <laughs> we talked about it on the last episode and i had just listened to that yeah yeah the thing where they hire they cast two of you yes and you guys didn't know who was going to get the commercial until uh it aired and your mom saw it because she's was yes. three hours ahead and then it was like hey i just saw you on tv i was heading yeah. to a, a a piano student and i said if you see this show and you see that i'm on the commercial, if you see a girl eating a candy bar, it's me. Call me. If it's another girl eating a candy bar, I didn't get the job. Um, and it then ended up being that they used my take. And I thought for sure that they were going to use the other girl's take because it was a hot day and the candy bar melted and it was very funny and everyone mm-hmm. was laughing. And I was like, oh, my candy bar didn't melt. <laughs> and uh, and it ended up, ended up that they used it. But uh, but yeah, that's so funny that we talked about that the last time. Were you tempted to keep that piece of paper? Because I – so I – um, as you can see, I have like a steno pad. I – how long I was a journalist for years and I always had various notebooks and things like that and my plan has always been like one notebook for notes about my show one for different whatever but they all end up it's just like each notebook represents a period of time in my life and everything is in there so when I look at old notebooks I and I looked at some that I had in college there were tons of directions to things that were all kind of like attached to different you know career points that I had or moments, but I couldn't get rid of it. Yeah, I, I understand. But I'm like a hoarder almost. I I fight that urge, and um, I think this was maybe 
the first time in my life where I was like, okay, I think it's time. Like mm -hmm. I, I really had to like turn a corner and this is all, who knows, this could all come back around. <laughs> like already my closet is starting to fill up with stuff. So, you know, my tendency is just to have a lot of things around, right. but I'm really trying, but I did, I threw away things that I thought I'd really want. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it felt really good actually, but, um, I bet it does. Yeah. I, and I'm, like, because I am then also like, what am I saving this for? Like, what is this for? Like, right. no one's ever going to need this. And, um, but like, you know, I am for saving the, all the museum drawing. retrospective show of your life. That is my husband's always like, is this the Museo de Mucucci that we're going to put? Like, it would be a very funny, like the things I have and had like weird stuff, you know, like. Uh, Jake is my husband and he'll always be like oh yeah here's like a small shoe box with a kazoo some loose change and a tooth like that sounds right <laughs> it's just like the weirdest so um, but yeah I kind of took it on like it was probably a two week project and to be honest I still have maybe another day or two to go through to set up stuff but um, but yeah it was like it became a like a job and mm -hmm. I really was excited about it what prompted the move um we love to move. I think that's really what it came down to. When we got the house, we bought it in 2019. We restored this whole, like, oh, wow. basically it was a, a mid-century modern house that had never really been touched. The woman had lived there pretty much the whole time since like 1961. And she passed away in her 90s. And then we got the house and we thought, okay, this is like the dream. But we, it was listed as a significant fixer. Mm. I didn't know what that really would entail. And um, it was almost probably a lot harder for us to restore it rather than like, oh, take out that kitchen and put a new Just kitchen. It, yeah. it was like, save this tile. This is special tile. Mm -hmm. Like save this faucet, save every... So working around the gems of the house was a lot harder. But then, um, but yeah, it turned out to be like an art piece. And really to my husband's credit, because during that time, I was either pregnant and had a really rough pregnancy or had a baby and had a really bad like postpartum. So like I kind of really all I did was pick the wallpaper. <laughs> so, but uh, but it ended up being this beautiful house and we thought for sure we'd live there forever. And then one day we were like, I think we want to move again. But I will also say this. I've known Jake for almost seven years and I've lived in seven places. So everyone wow, guys, had bets on how long we were going to be there. Do you move once a year pretty much? <laughs> yeah, kind of. We were in this house for two and a half years, which was a pretty good run. Uh, like I said, thought we'd live there forever. Who were we kidding? Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. We don't even know where the next place is right. going to be. But it's exciting to like think about moving again i think that's the exciting thing about making things minimal too because then mm. we're more movable totally you're more portable yeah who's of the two of you who's the one who gets the itch first i think jake definitely mm -hmm. yeah i think um yeah i mean i've i and i also though i think i've lived in la for 22 years and i think i've lived in 13 or 14 places at this point so it, i still had a pretty good record of moving does moving stress you out no, I love it. Really? Yeah. Cause what like, is that like? I cannot even imagine. I don't know. I feel like it's like, uh, I, it's something new and I always feel like that's new energy and like something good's going to happen because we're moving. I, I don't mm. know. It feels good. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's just a nice thing to, I, I maybe too, it's who knows, maybe we're, maybe this is just a weird sickness. <laughs> no, I, know, I know what you mean though, about like something new and good is going to happen. Yeah. Um, when I moved from New York to California, I like I was sad to be leaving New York. There's a it's a long story why I moved, but I was sad to be leaving New York. 
Um, but I had a lot of friends because I grew up here. I had a lot of friends here. I thought it was going to, you know, it's going to be okay. But I remember I was like at the point where I was just like, I was laying on the couch at my parents' house where I was living again. And I was 35. So I was just like, I cannot oh, so believe. you were in New York for a good chunk of time. Yeah, I had yeah. been in New York for 10 years. Wow. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, this move was a mistake. This was, And then I got the Adam Carolla show. Uh, and it, like just in time, because it was just around the time where I was like, what have I done? Like I have made a terrible mistake. And then on, And then a few months after that, I met Daniel, who's my now husband. So it's like... I had it completely uprooted my life and then like all these good things did come into my life, even though I hadn't thought that might happen. But I feel like if I hadn't like it's just I don't like I wonder why it is that when you make a change, it does seem to like open to allow space for good stuff. But it does seem to happen that way. I think it does almost every time. I could say, oh, yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe you could just say that no matter what. But but yeah, I mean, a big move, especially from New York to L.A., like, right. you know, finding a big job and a and a husband is a really big deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think, yeah, I I, uh, I like I think it is about being open to the next thing, whatever that is. You right. Know? And I like the not knowing. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why I can still like, you know, acting is, you know, a career of not knowing what's next. <laughs> and so I think you get comfortable right. with that, maybe. But uh, but yeah, I like I like the not knowing because maybe the next thing's really exciting. You know, how did you meet Jake? Raya, the dating app. Oh my god, crazy! I was his first Raya date. So for anyone who doesn't know, Raya is this app that I am very fascinated with, and I'm like, I wish I could go on as a married person just to see if I'm allowed to be on. Who's on there? There's a lot of married people on there. (laughs) That's true, but you have to you. They don't let just anyone on, right? You have to be like an artist or a creator or a celebrity. I think Moby's on there. I, I think he is, or yes, was. I don't. I I remember seeing him. Uh, I got on there when it really was early days mm-hmm. of Raya. I think it's a little different now. I don't know exactly, but um, but yeah, it was like a very interesting. Ex- I had never done a dating app before, and I liked it. It was like mm-hmm. you never know. Again, it's like what's ooh, right? What could it be? What's the possibilities? You know, and um, I had some really fun times on Raya. Yeah, I think it was a overall good. But, you know, with anything with dating, like I would do it for a while and then I'd be like, okay, I need a break. Because yeah. it's kind of like a full-time job. Totally. You know? And then, uh, But then when I met Jake, we had so many mutual friends. It was really weird that we hadn't met before. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of his friends were my friends. So that was like really strange. Like we were always just a little bit you know, right. removed from each other. And then he had seen me perform at Largo with my brother. The first time he saw me, I was dressed as an elf making it snow. <laughs> so, um, so that was What was your cool. brother doing? We were both dressed as elves. <laughs> was it like a you and your brother show? Was it, uh, it was the what Watkins, show was it? Watkins Family Hour. Sean oh, and Sarah yeah. Watkins. Oh, yeah. Has, I've... Uh, had Sarah on. Oh, you did. And yeah. Sarah's husband, Todd Cooper, Todd. comes on. He's going to be on this w- next week. He's friends with Tony. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they oh, did Police Snobby small... World. I'm surprised yeah. I'm not dating any of you. <laughs> it is a very small world. Oh, that's yeah. cool. But yeah, and Sean and Sarah, they do these Christmas shows at Largo, mm-hmm. and my brother and I were dressed as elves, and we had this big thing that we made it like snow on them as they were playing, and uh, and it was just really fun. And Jake happened to be in the audience, and I think I met him. I don't know, a few months later. So, and he had said, "I saw you as an elf." You know. <laughs> <laughs> It's so funny when you were last on, you were saying that you and Ricky both used to go out on auditions for elves or aliens. Yes. That's like how you guys described the roles that you <laughs> would be, so you know, thought of for because you guys like big eye roles. Yep. Yeah. It's so funny. Ricky and I still like end up we we would end up doing similar 
like things in jobs. Like I remember we were both pregnant the same week. Oh, I yeah. was uh, for TV. Uh, I was uh, pregnant on a sitcom and she was pregnant on that show House. And then, like that we would just repeat ourselves and like the weirdest um, even in uh, in Wednesday, she's a taxidermist. And, mm-hmm. and then I did a thing where I was a taxidermist. Like we're like, what is this? <laughs> that is super <laughs> so weird. Funny. What if you guys yeah. are the same person just having different experiences in the multiverse I mean, except why would you know each other that's true but that that that's a really good trippy it's a, point it's a strong possibility i think i need to do some mushrooms and think <laughs> on that have you done mushrooms <laughs> i have microdosed yeah i love it um in fact i'm back on it i did it for three months are you on it right now yeah can you tell no I'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> i feel like it's just been um for me, I started doing it last September through – I ended it around Christmas. I could just – I felt like, okay, I think I got what I needed to get out mm-hmm. of it, and then I stopped. And then in the late summer, I started again. Um, but it's been really helpful create creatively, I feel like. it. Like, I felt like that portal that, like, I was just, like, stuck. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of that had to do with probably, you know – having a baby having postpartum having a pandemic at the same like it was a lot of like weird stuff and i just wasn't making things as naturally as Mm -hmm. i used to but then after microdosing i will say i felt like it went pop and then i got all these ideas again so i'm all for it um had you done macrodosing before mm, i've never tried mushrooms my listeners are probably like yeah yeah yeah, we know you want to do it sometime like i keep talking about how i want to do it because i hear so many amazing things yeah i just haven't including even we were talking about um you you were very sweet and and uh, said you're so sorry to hear about my dad who passed away in July. So you know Allie Ward. Do you know Allie Ward? Yes, I know Allie a little bit. Yeah. Okay, she came on the show. Um, her dad died. I guess it's probably been about a year now. Uh, and she told me that about a month after her dad died, she did a pretty sizable dose of mushrooms for therapeutic reasons. Yeah, and had all, it was all like very deliberate and intentional and planned out ahead of time and. It helped with her grief so much. Um, so that's always kind of been in the back of my head, too. Yeah, I feel like there's that show. They talk about that um, it, with, uh, like, you know, just how it can be, like, really helpful and, mm-hmm. like, getting either over something or, like, and I don't know enough about it. But there's a Netflix show, and I can't remember what it's called, but they talk about that in, like, pretty great detail. And, yeah, people have, like, guided trips with right. that kind of thing. There's so much right now. And I think... The thing I'm realizing, it's like, um, I feel like the micro microdosing mushrooms is like what moms do now. Like in the 60s, it was yes. like pills and alcohol. Right. And now everyone's like just handing out mushrooms. <laughs> so with microdosing, though, do you not really feel it? No, like I don't. So like I, I, um, You can drive. and Totally. Like I don't really feel anything. Mm. But I think over time, at least this has just been my experience, over time, it has just, I think I I, you know, I, I have OCD and um, I, I I haven't been like diagnosed of whatever, but like I have, um, what do you call it? Like, uh, just like the loops in my head, like mm-hmm. the same thought over right. and over and in- over. Intrusive thoughts or uh, like just like rumination? Yeah, just like, yeah, I guess that mm-hmm. would be it. Like thinking about one Obsessive thing. thoughts. Yeah. Yes. And so, but I will say that was really helpful in like just alleviating that. That's so interesting. And um, so, so in the summer that was starting to, come back again and i was like i think it's time for me to do some mushrooms again um and can, it's been helpful can i ask and you don't have to say uh-huh. but like what were the thoughts that came back in the summer oh gosh just like you know worrying about work and again we're in a strike so yeah. it's it's like a lot of that like worrying about work worrying about things that oh i should have done that thing 
10 years ago, why did I say no to that? You know, like like stuff that was so out of my control. Um, little things that would just, it was a lot of work-related things. Um, but yeah, they would just kind of come back around and for almost like really taking up a lot of space for no reason, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's been really nice to like feel a little more free. And, and not to say that those don't come back or whatever, but it's been really uh, helpful um, just the, and I, I, when I was a teenager, I had really bad OCD mm-hmm. and I think maybe that's like, I don't know, I haven't like gotten the right diagnosis or, you know, it went away a lot, but you know, I had to like touch, uh, all of the framed pictures in my room a certain way before I could start my homework. And that would take like an hour or else what would happen or like my grandpa would pass away mm. like that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Which I feel like the more I talk to people about that like it's kind of common Mm -hmm. but i think also especially in kids yeah i think well i remember you were you were saying that it was really hard for you like you would cry each day going to school because you missed your parents oh my gosh oh that's so (laughs) yes i did this is really therapy now thanks (laughs) allison um yeah i feel like uh i did cry a lot and in like through even college i didn't want to leave and then i finally something happened and i moved to california and i was super happy but um but yeah i cried a lot and missed my family a lot like some weird attachment right stuff which like sometimes i wonder if it like goes back to like the family coming over from italy in 1907 mm-hmm. and like i mean there's like traumatic stories within that i'm like right. i wonder if there's some like weird generation i mean they who say knows? they say there's generational trauma yeah i i don't know but the few stories i do know about that like there's some like my great great grandmother was that who would have come over or great 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 it was like 1907 and she got to the u.s with her children and then um her husband passed away suddenly mm-hmm. and then she couldn't afford to have her i think there were five kids no. and so they all got split up to different places oh my God. and then she had heard about this man who needed a wife and they said, if you marry him, you can get your kids back together. So she said, great. So they moved to New Jersey and um, she was able to get her children back together. I always wonder, like, what was that like? Did she really like him? Was he nice? Like, apparently he was a nice man. But, but like, also, how did she hear about him? There's a man who needs a wife. Yeah, like, well, I know. Well, some Italian that... guy, you know. <laughs> and uh, and so then, yeah. But then those children who I knew as a kid, mm-hmm. they all lived together. And, um, oh wow! Yeah, like that's fascinating. So it is interesting, but I, I mean, who knows? Like, like as adults, they all yes. live together. Yeah, it's pretty like they were wild. Together, from yeah, their exp- in their seventies and eighties. So to you, were they your? They were my great great aunts and uncles. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is on your mom's. This is on my your mom's side. side. Mom's side. Yeah. Oh, that's so fascinating. Yeah, I mean, I sometimes wonder, like, who knows? But mm-hmm. if there's something, if if that's some kind of generational thing and then that's why I missed my mom and dad when I went to school right I was just thinking that I wonder did you feel like they were the people who could keep you safe because I think a Mm. lot of the OCD stuff I again I'm not a therapist but I think it's like the rituals keep you safe yeah right yeah yes oh I think so Mm -hmm. yeah I think they do or in or you know it's that magical thinking right yeah But yeah, so going back around to all of that, that like the wiring in my brain, it's like I think I think microdosing mushrooms has been helpful in calming some of that like mm-hmm. anxiety. But, um, but, you know, it's not for everyone. And also everyone's doing it. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. I had a friend um, who was doing it, but then he said 
It's Greg Fitzsimmons with whom I oh, knew yeah. childish. Yeah. Um, and I'm fairly certain he said this on air. He felt like he was just on mushrooms. <laughs> I oh, think his microdose was like too much maybe. Yeah. I mean, and, and I kind of played with the dosage mm-hmm. in the beginning to kind of figure out what was right for me. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, everybody's composition is right. so different that like, like for me, I can't smoke pot. I'm it just I can't I don't do like it either anymore. Yeah. And I and so it like doesn't work with I, I get just like totally paranoid and useless. <laughs> you know, same. So it's not same. It's I get very like day. locked. I locked inside myself. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I last saw you and what's crazy. It's almost a year ago now. At yeah, I was Doug Loves, that. not Doug Loves movies. It was the, the Christmas one. Yes. No, it was the uh, Hanukkah one, right? Oh, Hanukkah. The, yes. Tw- what was it? Guess of Hanukkah. That's what it was. Right. Yes. Um, but I had, have you, you've probably also done the Christmas one. I've done too, the 12 right? days of Christmas. Yes, yeah. I knew it was too. around the holidays. It was a holiday sure. show. Yeah. Yes. Um, and that's when we started talking about, you should come on my show. And, and it's been this long. Yes. So well, I'm sorry. It's, no, it's me. It, it's, it's, I think over the summer I was, no, I guess, well, it took me a while to finally email you, and then we've been scheduling for a while. So it, yes, you do not owe me a, an apology. Okay, well, yeah. I I'm glad to be here now. Thank <laughs> me <you>. too. <laughs> um, but anyway, you were sharing with me uh, your pregnancy, and you had just said now you had a hard pregnancy. Remind me what happened. I had a really so the pregnancy was um, I had had two miscarriages prior to mm-hmm. getting pregnant with Mikey. So the whole pregnancy, I was just nervous, you know, mm-hmm. because I think that like there was that blissful like oh it's gonna be great like i was constantly like okay i hope this goes well right. you know and then um i think too just because i have a tiny like a tiny torso <laughs> and he was on my lungs that third trimester oh i couldn't breathe very well and um i couldn't like even walking the dog like everything was really hard it was hard for me to breathe mm-hmm. i was mostly just on the couch the last few months which was just not great you know and then uh, on top of that, then when he was born, it was a very traumatic birth, had an emergency C-section, and then they punctured his lung right when he was born. So he went oh to the God. NICU. It was just like very traumatic. That was very traumatic. Um, and for so long, I couldn't even talk about it. Mm. But knock on wood, it all, you know, it actually, um, you know, it he ended up healing itself, which was amazing because it was the day they were like, we're going to talk to you about surgery. And then and then they came the next day and they're like, it it healed. And the crazy thing is that day before, I noticed that if I was holding him, I could. They taught me how to read the the breathing charts, like mm-hmm. the that was happening. And if I was holding him, he was fine. Mm-hmm. If I wasn't, it was going a little wonky. And so I was like, I'm just going to hold him all day as long as I can. Yeah. But I was also just uh, recovering from you know having major surgery right. and um, was in a lot probably. of pain. All yes, and on so many drugs, like mm-hmm. just kind of out of it. But, um, like painkillers? Like, was this right pain after? Painkillers, yeah. yeah. So then, um, and I had, like, even just trying to, you know, go up there to the NICU and hold him. And I had a nurse that was not very nice and was like, you got to go back. You, I can see you're in pain. He's going to feel your pain. And I was like, I just want to hold him. And, and they're like, go. You got to, you know, like, she was not nice to me. She was a NICU nurse? Yeah. And so I left. And I was just like, they won't let me, they won't let me be there because I'm hurting. Like, it was like, it was just a lot of, it wasn't very Was it Cedars? Warm. Yeah. Do you not want to say that? I, um... I mean, I guess it doesn't. It was Cedars, yeah. Because I had a uh, not great experience with Elliot. Also, it doesn't sound like they didn't puncture his lung, but he also ended up in the NICU. Really? Yeah. um, Were they kind of tough sometimes? Yeah, I felt like the way I have described it is the the NICU nurses were fine, actually. But my um, 
labor and delivery nurse. And like, I just felt like I'm just like a body that has a baby inside. I felt so dehumanized. My epidural didn't work. And when they put the catheter in, um, I felt it. Like I felt this like very uncomfortable feeling in my just down there. And I was like begging them, like, please just take it out. Please just take it out. And they're like, we can't. So I felt like I was being like tortured. And then all of a sudden the nurse is like, wait a minute. If your epidural's working, you shouldn't feel this. And it's like, yeah, no shit. Oh my God. And then they finally, like, after all that, they finally, like, numbed me enough that I couldn't feel it. And then I started crying because it was like, and she's like, why are you crying now? And I'm like, have you never oh, been no. around? <laughs> it was just like a, countless experiences like that. Um, I feel like it felt like they deal with pregnant women all the time and they're tired of it. Yeah, I was just yeah. one of like 8,000 pregnant women they've dealt with as opposed to like an actual person who's going through a huge thing, you know. I, I that is that was I understand. I felt the same way. I was like they were moving my body in different ways like like I had no say. It yeah. was just like Yes. Uh it was very traumatic. That like that was prior to uh, the birth and then mm. that whole ever, you know. So had you gone into labor? Yeah. And then for some reason he just like wasn't coming out mm. and like it was, I was trying and then they were like, you know, it was just like over a day. How, I mean, it's all very foggy, but it was definitely over 24 hours and mm. they said, okay, we're just going to take him out. And then, so at that point I was like, oh, yes, please like yeah. do whatever. But then, um, but yeah. And then even like, you know, the C-section is no joke. And mm. I didn't really know much about what that was like. And um, I remember at one point saying, I-, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And they said, no, you're breathing. You just can't feel yourself breathing. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay. Like I had to like so many mind so games. Anxiety inducing. Yeah. Like just being like, okay, I am breathing. Like trust this. Like trying to keep calm That's in those so weird. moments. And then- such a, That sounds so weird that- it's I mean, all weird. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, I think it's not uncommon for women, especially with emergency C-sections, because you kind of don't know what you're getting into. Right. It's like just a crazy, like, and then my arms, I couldn't control my arms. They were, which is also, I think, a pretty common thing mm-hmm. that happens. And I remember after they'd taken him out, they were like, do you, you want to hold him? And I was like, I can't. I yeah how and like my arms were flailing and then they asked me again and i was like oh like i was like this is horrible like i felt like a bad yeah yeah, like i wanted to hold him but of course i couldn't and then and then they had punctured his lung and then they're like okay we're gonna take him to the did you how did you find out they punctured his lung and Um, how did they do it uh we're not sure exactly but i think my doctor and my husband said that you know they have to get the goo out of the baby this is real medical terms they have to get the goo out and um (laughs) And I guess, you know, if it, if the baby goes through the birth canal, it just kind of naturally comes out. Mm-hmm. But because it's a C-section, they have to take like a suction-y thing. Uh-huh. And, um, and because I, I don't, we don't know for sure, but we thought that was then that they had done the suction too strong for, oh. you know, and that because I don't know what happened, but I remember. So is it like a vacuum as opposed to like a aspiration I don't bulb? really know because I wasn't. Right. watching it yeah but I, you were you're trying to control your arms yeah i had no idea what was going on but i do remember hearing mm-hmm. like a thing happen and then my husband came over he goes okay well, there was a little situation they're going to take him to the NICU and and i was like okay but i was so out of it also so yeah. that so elliot was uh they broke my water i was induced okay it was a 40, 41 hour induction wow um and 
uh, they told me there was meconium. Do you know what that yeah. is? Uh, and they said that, you know, I said, what does that mean? And they said, oh, it just means there'll be extra people in the room. That is not what I was asking, really. But I just allowed that to be the answer. Yeah. Like what I was asking is, no, what is the significance yeah. of it? You know? Um, but I feel like that also is like, just just shine on the pregnant lady, you know? Yeah. Or maybe whatever. I actually haven't spent a lot of time thinking about how that answer was not what I wanted, but it wasn't, you know, it was like, just placate me. So he comes out um, and I remember they like held him up and showed him to me. And I just remember thinking like, he looks different than I expected. Cause he was like, again, the first, the first like just born baby I've seen, but just very green and a little like, you know, like they're always like a little bloody, but he wasn't moving. He just looked like tiny little Frankenstein. I mean, the green is the meconium. So then um, Daniel cut the cord, but our doctor was like kind of rushing us like, okay, come on, cut the cord, cut the cord. Yeah, Uh, We've got to get him breathing, which, and so then like, uh, but again, I didn't know what to expect, you know? So I'm just like so out of it and distracted. And like, I feel like, and I don't blame them for this. On purpose, they were like, look over here, keep me over here. And then there's like, they have him at the warmer and they're doing stuff. And time was very distorted, but I it took a while. But then I didn't understand. Meanwhile, Daniel's over there thinking we're in the process of losing him. Like we were in two different wor- worlds. Yeah. I was like, oh, I guess I can eat now. You know, I was yeah. just like thinking about, I don't, and then I, I remember thinking like, I feel like a bad mom because aren't you supposed to cry happy tears when your baby's born? But I was just like nothing, you know, I was like a a block of concrete. Um, And then I heard them start counting and doing CPR or doing, I don't think they did the breathing, but doing chest compressions. And that's when I was like, wait a minute, that's not normal. And then I became cued in to what was happening. Um, And then they finally like, you know, then I got nervous. They got him breathing, took him to the NICU. And then it was many hours until they would let me up there. And the whole time I'm thinking, because I think it took seven minutes to get him breathing. And I'm like, but a human can only go for like four and a half minutes without air. Is he going to have like all this brain damage? Um, The one time it's okay for them to take longer than that is like when it's, but I just, I was so like, I felt like I was like orbiting the earth, like just so out of it, not, you know, no one, it felt like no one cared about me. It felt like I was just really sidelined. Yeah. Um, and then finally, when I got up there, they put him in my arms and then I just started crying. And it's like, I came back to myself. Cause yeah, you didn't get to hold him or did you? Yeah. They, so I had like undone my gown to do um, skin to skin. You know, we took all the classes, yeah. like everything. Uh, and so they brought him to me to let me hold him before they took him to the NICU. But he was like swaddled. He was like wrapped in towels and swaddled. And they like just put him on my chest for like a second. And then, and I like, it wasn't what I expected or right. wanted. It was, it was very like, I, I almost felt like just take him. Like you're not giving him to me. Yeah. Like they're almost like showing. It was weird. I didn't, I wasn't bonded with him in any way. I was just like, this is not happening. I don't I don't even know what I was thinking. And then 
Um, and I, sorry, this is not my interview, but I want to hear no, your story. No, no, no. This is, I mean, I think. So he was born in February and in July, I was like something, this is more than baby blues. I can't stop crying. I'm having, I didn't have the word intrusive thoughts, but all the time I was having, you know, like I would be cutting something in the kitchen and I would imagine like knives cutting a baby, not like I want to cut a baby, but just he's so vulnerable. We would be at the grocery store and I would be like, what if all the cans fall off the shelves and on into the stroller? We at a restaurant, I was like, what if someone accidentally like throws their knife? I mean, just oh, I I, under, everything you're describing. Yeah. I understand. I remember I was washing bottles and I started crying going, they're drowning. The yeah. bottles are drowning yes. They're What if they, what if they were people like, right? Like everything so, was doesn't make any sense. I was thinking of hostages. I was thinking of the yeah. Holocaust. Like I couldn't help myself from like, I wanted to Google really like I've, I've said it before. It's almost like a joke at this point on my podcast, but like what happened to babies in the Holocaust? Don't Google that. Like wow, just yeah. very the darkest spots. And so then I went to therapy. I had been in therapy before, but I wasn't in therapy currently. Went to therapy, got on Lexapro, and I actually still see that therapist. And it's like that began turning things around. But yeah, I had like intense postpartum depression that I didn't realize. I mean, it, it does. It's in sort of almost impossible to know unless you're keyed into it. Like, I right. wish I had known. I wish someone had said to me, look, you might not feel right. And and the bummer part for my journey with postpartum, because I think if I were to look at it, I, I probably had it for like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, before you well, like, got help. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the timeline. I, I started getting help uh, a year and a few months mm-hmm. into it. And then I think it took me a while to still, you know, get out of it. So, but it was because... Also, I think had we not been in lockdown, I would have had help sooner. But yeah. I knew something was wrong. And this was March of 2020, but early. And I, I remember saying to the doctor, I need I need to go to a, someone who specializes in postpartum. I think I have postpartum. Like, I can't stop crying. So I went to someone and I think, I don't know if I just seemed fine in that moment mm-hmm. or what. And I answered the questions and I remember her saying, do you want to kill your baby? And I said, no, I have not had any of those thoughts. And I, you know, but I, and I know that people do. And like, it's like. But that is, that's what I thought postpartum was. Right. From all the magazines, like, I mean, all the articles in People Magazine about, you know, like baby killers. But that's, postpartum is really just depression that happens after you have a baby. Yeah. It's and usually I, not that, that extreme. And I think too, I had, I had, um, you know, as far as like emotions in my pregnancy, I was totally fine. And mm-hmm. I felt very happy aside from not being able to breathe very well. <laughs> right. But then all of that came crashing down. And I, it was maybe five days before lockdown or something. I went to this doctor and she said, oh, you just have the baby blues. And I still drive by that place and I get mad because yeah, I was like, I'm mad. I knew even leaving, I was like, that's not right. I know. And I wish, I wish I had been on some kind of medication, mm-hmm. but I didn't know. I didn't know enough. And I think there was just the double thing of happening of just then all of a sudden we weren't the, the fear of co- like COVID totally. kind of took over in that moment. And it was just too, too many things too happened yeah. like, as far as like me being able to sort out my stuff versus the world is right. crumbling. So it, just like was a long, long process. But then what really helped me, because I, I remember at Mikey's first birthday, I was still just like a wreck. I was just like, this has been a year. And um, I looked, I talked to some friends about therapists and I was led to a, a really great one who, um, you know, deals a lot with 
moms and um and then so we did uh brain spotting oh i've heard of that and it was just a game changer in every way like like going you basically kind of like sit with your trauma and the and visualize it and so like you know the story i told you about mm-hmm. his birth i wouldn't have been able to tell you at that point and and i was able to just visualize it and sit with it and there's a lot of like i don't know exactly how it works but like looking at the wall I, again i'm doing this over zoom so it's mm-hmm. probably different in person but, <laughs> but like looking at spots on the wall while listening to sounds while thinking about these things and just like my face would be completely wet like mm-hmm. i wasn't even like sobbing it was just tears and i was just getting it all out and and uh, and I remember my therapist saying that if this works, it would probably take around six sessions. And I will say at that sixth session, I I was like, I think that this did work. Like, it's amazing. And um, and so, yeah, that was super helpful as far as dealing with that birth trauma mm-hmm. and and also dealing with the traumatic things that had happened with just postpartum things. But um, but then, yeah, I mean, I think then that was like really my my kickstart to feeling better. Right. Um. How long was he in the NICU? Five days. So actually, he got released before I did. Um, but and it was really funny because, like, you know, we were just crying and so upset. And, uh, you know, like they had said, okay, we're going to talk about, you know, uh, doing an operation and all this. And then we got this call. Like, actually, it healed. Like, mm-hmm. it's just healed itself because I think they just regenerate so quickly yeah. at that age, you know? So we were so happy. And then we have this little baby in our room because I'm still in the hospital. And then he's crying. And we were like, oh. <laughs> um, and then like, we're like, right. Like, this is going to be hard to sleep. Um, <laughs> and then I remember a nurse who was very sweet said, do you want me to take him to the nursery? And I'm like, there's a nursery? Yes, please. <laughs> so it was like, oh, we couldn't wait. And then all of a sudden I was like, but we need to sleep. Yeah, um, I know. But it's so hard. It's just, it was, it's hard. It's just having a baby is very, at least my experience, it was very tricky. And of course there are people, and I have friends who were like, I had a friend who had a baby and it, she was like, almost, I think, scared to tell me how easy it went because <laughs> yeah. she knew my story. And it was really sweet though. She was just like, yeah, um, you know, it was great. <laughs> but then later she told me that it just was like the doctor was like, that was maybe the easiest birth I've ever experienced. And was it her first baby? No, it was her third. Oh, but yeah. They walk, they, uh, they walk out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I feel like, uh, you know, I and also too, like it took me a long time, ever, you know, after like feeling excited for friends who were then like, I'm pregnant. I'd be like, oh, no, like in my brain. Like, right. <laughs> I know. It was, it was so hard for me to like go through that. I didn't want my friend, you know, but, you know, I got through all that. Now did I'm happy you, again when people tell me. Did you have the thing of like wanting to tell them like the truth that they don't know? Um, Like to be, you know, these I, things that could happen. I think the only thing that sometimes I want to tell people, but it's I some I have to stop myself from tell, telling it. But we're talking about it, so it's like to know that postpartum is so common, yeah. and that like, and it's so hard to know when you're in it and dealing with it to ask for help or you think you're okay. I mean, I must have said I think I'm feeling more like myself a hundred times <laughs> before I actually felt like I found my like core again. Mm-hmm. You know, but I think. uh it's just so jarring, but I I wished I had been on meds. I think I it would have helped, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. What well, What did your husband think was happening? Um, we were both out of our minds. Like I think, again too. I think just because it was the pandemic and like here we were by ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, we couldn't have friends around, and like or if we did, they were far away. Like you know, it was like talking to them across the yard. Right. Um. I 
I think that we didn't really, both of us didn't realize, and I think we were both kind of out of our minds, you mm-hmm. know. But, you know, it's kind of amazing that we got through it. <laughs> you yeah. know? And also, Mikey, knock on wood, is just, you know, he's he's totally fine. He was, you know, he he's a, that was a blip, you know, as far as his first five days were, you know, lots of, you know, he was, had a lot of little wires and tubes and things, mm-hmm. you know, but, yeah. but then, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a really funny, fun dude. And like, I really enjoy it now. Like, it's great now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, we've come a long way. Yeah. We both have. Um, yeah. I remember just feeling like, I think I had this fantasy that when I have a baby, I will feel like, I mean, an like an adult and also like, I'm an adult who is capable of taking care of this child. And instead, I felt like I had been through such hell that I felt like a baby myself almost. Like, Oh, my gosh. I, I felt very like no, I'm not on firm. I'm not on solid ground right now. Like I'm very shaken up and I need help. And I just remember it, uh, sitting. I don't know if these are still popular, but you know those bouncy exercise balls? Yeah. Um, you know, the classes we had taken were like, you know, it's really soothing to a baby if you sit on that and bounce and kind of bounce with them instead of a rocking chair. So, and I, I did find that that really helped soothe Elliot, but I just remember at four in the morning sitting there rock, bouncing him and just bawling and just thinking like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. I want to do this right now. And I, I want to sleep. I remember thinking, well, I thought like, I thought I was going to love breastfeeding and I, instead I felt super claustrophobic. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect that feeling like, to, like I, of like, oh my gosh, like I, I felt like I was stuck in a, like a small space. Like, yeah. um, and like, yeah, there were things where I thought it was going to be, I mean, so much I thought was going to be different, but, yeah. um, but yeah, it's it, it, our brains, our chemistry, it's like we're all so fragile. And mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, in that moment, it's, you know, it's okay. Like, it's, I, I just hope, you know, I think the thing I always want to tell people is if you're not feeling like yourself, it's okay to ask for help. And like, yes. don't be afraid to ask for even like, you know, like go to a therapist and, mm-hmm. you know, sort out what's the best, the best route for you and feeling like more to yourself. Like, it, it took me a while to be connected with Mikey. It took a while. Um, did you feel guilty about that yeah definitely yeah or i'd be like oh he's too heavy i think he probably weighed like eight pounds or something Mm -hmm. i can't i'm he's too heavy for me like it was like i I had this very strange disconnect Mm -hmm. um my therapist says that like when someone or an experience causes you pain like it makes sense that it takes a while to connect with them yeah this this baby, that experience, like, was painful on many different levels for you. And not only then, – then there's the sleep deprivation on top of yes. all of that. So that's also torture. But, yeah. But everybody – I mean, the things we're talking about, it's so – I mean, ever how many people have gone through this, especially, know. you know, just even without the postpartum, just the sleep deprivation mm-hmm. and raising a infant is so yeah. hard. Um, yeah, so it is common, but it's like – I think – I I feel like more more and more people are talking about mm-hmm. postpartum in ways. I think so too, and I think it's important. Um, but I think too, a lot of people once you get through it, and I know this was my thing when I was in it. I was like, I need to make art about this. I need to write mm-hmm. about this. I I like I need to I need to tell people about this. And then like once you're out of it, it's like I don't want to think about it. You yeah. know? And I think that's my theory of is like why we don't have a lot of stuff about it is because women who get on the other side of it mm. don't want to think about it you know like i think you might be right yeah i think you're right 
when after Elliot was born, I thought like, well, I'm still laying there. I was like, I'm never doing this again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm never doing this again. And then within a matter of weeks, I was like, next time I do this, I'm going to, you know, here's what I'm going to change about it. And I was like, that is the crazy, it's the craziest thing. The way biology is like coming in and tinkering with my memory of it already. Yeah. Or it, it felt like a, it felt very, um, it felt like a horm like a hormonal chemical shift that was allowing me to all of a sudden change my mind about it. It was so strange because I was so sure I did not want to experience that again. Did you feel like in in part of wanting to do it again in the, those moments was it like trying to redo it and do it better? I well, I always knew I wanted two kids. Okay, if I could have them, yeah. Um, I oh, I wanted two, but. The second experience was very therapeutic and was very healing. I've heard that. I have friends that have now had a second yeah. who had a rough time, especially mm. a lot of the pandemic moms that I've, you know, been in mom groups with with the same age. Right. Like, because we all had it kind of weird, you know, and the, totally. they're getting to do it again and they're feeling better about it. Yeah. And, yeah. It, and I went to a different hospital, different doctor. We had moved, so it made sense to go right. to a different place anyway. I was in therapy at that point. And my therapist had said, you know, it can be a really healing experience. And I didn't understand how. I didn't yeah. understand why. But then on the other side of it, like it really was. And we had spent time, you know, talking about, talking through everything, which I, if I had known to do that before Elliot, I wish I would have, but it yeah. didn't occur to me. It didn't really occur to me that like, this is a, can be an experience filled with mind, mind. It's a minefield, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know, but yeah, it, uh, it, it was, it really helped me. That's so nice that you got to like, yeah, have a do over. A do over. I, it, yeah, it is like it's funny to, to say a do over because obviously your first is still like doing great, and right. <laughs> it's like for you, yes, for your yes, experience, totally. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's I I had that instinct for a little while where I was like, I need to do this again. I need mm -hmm. to do this again and do it better, different. Um, but then once I got out of it, I was like, I, and I'd only ever really wanted one boy. That was right. my dream. So I felt like I did it. And, uh, um, oh my gosh. I, and you wanted a boy and you got a boy. Yeah. I was so stoked about it. But, uh, but yeah, I feel like, you know, I, I don't, I, I just can't see doing that mm -hmm. all over again. <laughs> you know? No, I get that. Um, yeah. I mean, I really think it comes down to like what you, how you envision your family yeah. looking and what works for you. Definitely. What made you want a boy? I think because I was like a kid that played like I was a tomboy mm -hmm. that played with like I just feel like I know how to play with boys you know like you know um, right now Mikey's super into Ghostbusters and like I feel like I, I like I had all like G.I. Joe's because I want like, my brother had the cool G.I. Joe's I wanted G.I. Joe's like I felt like I just knew how to how to handle a boy in a way that I wouldn't know how to like play with a girl as much i don't know that that's was just kind like, of how i felt about wanting a girl yeah um so happy i have sons like the second they were here i never wished they were something else but when i found out i was having a boy i was like i don't know the first because i have a sister i have right. older brothers but they're 11 years older so Got it. i was like i don't know the first thing about raising a boy you yeah know? but um okay let's see i've written down some things oh, here great. all right when you were last on, you said you don't know how you you were talking about um, when you started getting sent out for for commercials and things like that, and that was like when there was this switch to wanting quirky people, right? And you said I don't know how I feel about the word quirky, and I'm just wondering now how do you feel about it, and do you still feel like you're you know seen that way? 
Yeah, it's interesting. I, huh, I don't think I've thought about the word quirky. You know, I think at the time, too, I was doing a lot and like, you know, I think ukulele and quirky kind of go hand in hand. So I was probably hearing that word a lot at that time, too. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think uh, it's probably not my favorite word, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't I, I it hasn't even popped in my brain in a long time as to. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think that it's like an easy way to describe what I do. Like, if you were to like see the boxes of kazoos and <laughs> and change and a tooth, that that would qualify quirky. as quirky. So I, I get it. <laughs> Are Garfunkel and Oates still together? Yeah, I mean, we we're not currently like performing or writing new things at the moment, but I'm sure we'll get back to it at some point. It's just mm. you know, Ricky has a, a little boy now too, and um and yeah, we've just been working on separate projects. But in fact, I just talked to Ricky today. We're you know, I'm sure I'm sure down the line we will we'll get back to it. But mm-hmm. um, but I think yeah, just at the moment we're we're doing. Lots of different projects, you know, right. different things. But and I, to be honest, for me, it's been just like figuring out how to make things and be a mom. Like I, it has been a very hard juggle. It still is, and I have not figured that part out yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can only handle a few projects at a time. I'm not able to like right. go for it, you know. What have you been working on lately? Um, well, uh, <laughs> lately I've been drawing a coloring book. Oh my um, gosh, that's, that's so going to go along. It sounds so, um, again, uh, quirky, um, <laughs> but uh, it, I, it's going to go along with the album. My album comes out on November 3rd. And so um, I I got to get it in by Monday to get it in time for November 3rd. But um, the, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm always making art and drawing and uh, I just haven't quite figured out like, you know, I've been doing a lot of art for the album as mm-hmm. well, but um, but yeah, that's kind of all I've been up to, other than hanging out with Mikey. Uh, <laughs> it's just drawing a coloring book, and it's I, I get moments because I, you know, we don't really have a lot of help at the moment, mm-hmm. so it's mostly uh, I can work during his nap time and stuff. So um, I watch a lot of forensic files. I'm mm-hmm. not sure why, and um, I actually do know why because it's 22 minutes and they always solve it. But um, <laughs> but it's a great thing to listen to while drawing. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, that's forensic the- files fiction or is that real that's real okay um and and i and if it's too much i sometimes have to turn it mm-hmm. off but it's it, they made like 400 episodes starting in the mid 90s they're all on youtube and uh it's like small bites of do you find it comforting yeah and I, I went through a law and order svu phase now that is very much fiction but you know based on real events right but i found that weirdly comforting because they do always like the good guy wins it's not yeah. ambiguous yeah, I find it. I mean, I don't know why I find it comforting, but I think, um, I mean, not to get to the, you know, the world is so out of control and sad and crazy. And there's like something about being able to wrap my head around uh, an arson that happened mm-hmm. in 1984. <laughs> you know, like, um, I don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think a lot of people watch true crime. And I don't know what the psychology is of it. But um but yeah, have you do you have you always liked true crime? Yes, I always have. But I but certain ones certain ones are too much for me. Mm. I can't handle like, yeah, I have to p- be picky and choose like you know the, there are certain certain crimes that are just too brutal to, yeah. to really go watch. You know, right? So tell me about your album. Oh yeah, I have. Um, it's a I, it's been kind of classified as a kids album, but it, a lot of the song. I mean, some of the songs are twenty years old. Been wanting to make an album of solo songs that are you know things that have you know been collecting through the years and then I, I feel like in some way it was like my husband who's a music producer he he 
I had said I really wanted to make an album. And he went, all right, I'll do it. And I was like, actually, like, oh, I wasn't even saying that yeah. like, for you. Like, I, I, I can do it. And he was like, no, no, we'll do it. And it was in a time when I was really just starting to come out of my my postpartum depression. And it really also that was a great project to have to like help mm-hmm. me kick me into like this gear of like oh yeah I do this stuff and I, I've written these things and it was really fun and um, we recorded uh, all on tape which is super fun because it's all very in the moment and mm-hmm. um, you know the the drummers playing drums and J- Jake's on bass and, and I'm singing into a microphone all at the same time and it's like so really kind of recorded fun live. yeah so it was a really fun very like um, it felt spontaneous in a lot of ways and is every like were were there any parts that like you guys recorded after and yeah well and i was learning as we went tracked yeah so like the we'd then like it was all to tape so it's on the track and then it like then then jake could make it onto one track so then Mm. we could add more so like we had a guitar or piano or a bell or whatever as it went through so um I don't know. I'm not doing any of the right terms, but uh, I had some really great friends who played on the album and uh, it was just such a fun project. And it, you know, it went really fast, like Mm -hmm. because of that, too. Right. It was it it feels in my mind, the album feels very alive. And and uh, yeah, and it's mostly it's a couple songs I wrote for Mikey, but mostly Mm -hmm. they're songs I've been writing, you know, since college even. Right. Um, Who, Who plays on it? Um, well, so it's Jake, my husband, uh, and then he plays bass on it and guitar. Sometimes my friend Sean Watkins from Nickel Creek, Sarah Watkins from Nickel Creek's on there. Um, Brendan Urie from Panic at the Disco mm-hmm. played drums and piano. Um, he was great because we were just having such a good time. He'd be like, all right, do it again tomorrow. And be like, okay, great. Like it was just like a fun, like friends just getting together and, um, all for these really odd songs, you know? <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. And then you sing and do you also play instruments on it? Yeah, I play piano and a bunch of tracks and, uh, um, I think that's really it. Maybe ukulele. On, I'm not even sure. I think I mostly just played piano on things, um, and then I sing. Mm-hmm. Um, Where did you guys record it? At my husband's studio, um, which they call the Bad Place, um, because there's a really nice studio next door. <laughs> so there's like so the most fancy studio, and then there's the Bad Place. Um, and then we've been doing shows at the Bob Baker Marionette Theater, which has been such a fun time. I don't know if you've taken your kids. I there. haven't, but um, who was it? Someone? Oh. Uh, one of my kids' teachers was like, have you taken him yet to the Bob Baker Marionette Theater? And we have not. I know we need to go. Yeah, I'm going to be doing my show on November 5th if you want to go at 4.30. Yes. Um, let me know. I'll, I'll, uh, I'd love to have you guys there. It's it's going to be the album release show. So, Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. And uh, it's been, it's just, you know, I love puppets. I've always loved puppets. So it's a real thrill to be singing my songs and have all these marionettes dancing around you. It's like very cool. That's really cool. Yeah. What's it called? The, um, album. the album's called My Hat. It's one of, one of the tracks is called My Hat. And so then the album's called My Hat, which is kind of funny, I guess. I don't know. I like that. Yeah. And then it is, is your art on the album cover? Um, it's not on the cover, but, uh, it's on a lot of the singles and then, um, and then it's on all the merch. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want a hat that says My Hat, get ready. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my gosh. I am seeing the time. Oh. Okay. Remind me, did we say 540 or 530? 540. 540. Yes, that's totally fine. Okay, great. Okay. All right. Here's what we have to get done. Okay. Just mirror everyone. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. Yep. And then when you were last on, uh, you told me that when you and Ricky first met, you guys would go to California Pizza Kitchen and you would write your goals on napkins and you still carry one around with you. And I jotted down the things that were on the, you read the napkin to me. Oh, wow. Okay. At that point, it had, it was like, you guessed it was like four years old. Okay. So I was, 
going to read the list to you to see if these are even still your goals. If Great. You, okay. And then also, I'm curious, do you still carry a napkin around with goals? I don't. I mm-hmm. probably should get back to that. However, I will say going through all of my stuff, all the napkins that I came uh, upon, I didn't throw any of those away. Okay. Those are still in the boxes. I'm not getting rid of those. They're too special. And I'm looking to see. I guess I didn't. I think my husband has my glasses. That's fine. I oh. can still make it out. Do you want me to read All right. No, you would not be able to read my writing. Oh, gotcha. I have that kind of writing. All right. <laughs> make a TV show, which you had already done then. Oh, yes. So we did. Yes. We yeah. and, uh, have not made one since, but I guess we did that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Many of them, when you read them at the time, you're like, we have done that one or we're doing that one. Write a musical and put it up in LA and then Broadway. I still haven't done that one. No. Is that still a goal? Uh, yes, for sure. Uh, record a new album and finish other album. Um, which I think you had done. Oh gosh, we we probably at that point had one coming out, and I guess then this this one would maybe count as the no- the next one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, late night TV, which you guys had done. Yeah, make books. Um, I still haven't done that, and it's it's I have so many under my bed and in these boxes. I have so many books I've written, so working on it. But I guess I'm making a coloring I book. I think that counts. Yeah, and <laughs> I don't then it's good, but <laughs> one hour special, which you guys did, we did, right? Yeah, yeah, we did the one hour special, if, especially if this was 2015. So yeah, hey, not bad. It's pretty good. Still need to make the Broadway musical and a book. Right. Okay. I'm going to write that on a new list. No. <laughs> a new napkin. Okay. Do you have a Just Me or Everyone? Um, yeah, I got one for you. It, it actually circles back to the, um, the OCD thing. Okay. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? All right, it's going to sound really weird. Um, but when I had OCD, when I was 12, 13, 14, um, I lived in a pretty rural town. And every time I saw a driveway when we were driving, I had to squeeze my butt cheeks. <laughs> and I noticed the summer I was in the same town visiting my mom and dad. And I'm like squeezing my butt cheeks every time. And I'm like, wow, it's still in me. Me, just me or everyone. I don't know. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I that could there's no way it's just you because even the the most unusual things there's someone else. I do not have this. <laughs> but like so you're basically like doing kegels. Yeah, or like yeah, just my butt muscles are But why some, do you think? No idea. No I idea. just I think it started when I was like, you know, a kid. And I think there were many years I didn't do it, but mm-hmm. I still there again this summer caught myself right. doing it but you don't do it around here no i think there's too many driveways yeah this would be just like you know you drive and then maybe a minute later there's another right. one so yeah. it was possible this is fascinating <laughs> if if you also clench your cheeks when you pass a rural driveway please let us know yeah, i really want to know that person if they do it <laughs> and then also do you have a hey go fuck yourself yeah um squats when working oh. out squats Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. I don't like doing those. Mm-hmm. But I just started working out this year for the first time in my life um, because I was told that I have um, parts of me are osteoporosis or osteopenia, which is like pre-osteoporosis. Uh-huh. And then I have to work out three times a week doing weight training. This is what I was told. And it was finally I started working out three times a week. And um, I I can do a push-up for the first time in my life, which is exciting. <sighs> But I don't like squats. Mm. How do you them. feel overall like working out? Now? I love it now. And now I like 
you know, I do it Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So then by Sunday, I'm like, oh, I got to do it again. You know, yeah. uh, it's I've never thought I would be that person. Mm-hmm. I never had to do that before. But um, the doctor really scared me. He was like, if you don't do something now, when you are in your 60s, you're going to be miserable. He's like, you, for your age, your bones should not look the way they do because they did a scan on me. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I was like, okay, I guess I got to go to the gym. Yeah. And then I forever didn't schedule it because I'm like, how how am I going to do this? Right. And then my therapist was like, you'll put it in your schedule and you go. And I was like, okay. <laughs> um, it helps that I really like my trainer and I really mm-hmm. like my gym. And uh I take it pretty serious. Like when I think about this year, I haven't done that much, but Mm -hmm. working out has been the most consistent thing, which sounds kind of lame. No, it doesn't. I don't think it, especially when there's like a health reason that you need to be doing it. I mean, I think it's, it's taught me a lot about my ability to Mm -hmm. be able to do it. Right. Um, but, but yeah, I I don't certain, I like certain things a lot in it. But then the squats, whenever we get to the squats, I don't <laughs> want to do it. So that's so interesting. So you, by working out, you can change your bones? Yeah, apparently. I, I didn't know that. I Yeah, I guess because, I mean, the little I know, I guess osteoporosis is like your ho- holes are in your bones, mm-hmm. I guess, and they're very weak. And right. he said to me, he was like, if you fell, you could break your back right now. Jeez. And I was like, oh, no. So I couldn't go on the skateboard ramp. Um, but oh, were also, you skateboard? Oh, yeah, you I was just doing a little you were bit. S- I'm not, I never dropped in. It was too big for me. Right. But you skateboard. Yeah, I do skate, but I haven't in about a year mm-hmm. for fear um, of falling. But I don't know. I'll be curious. I'll get another scan in January. So we'll see if I am any stronger. I don't know. I'm definitely stronger in life, but Mm -hmm. I don't know if my bones, how they're looking. Do you feel like your body has changed how it looks? Um, Yeah, I think. Well, too, because I think I was still like that postpartum body, Mm -hmm. which is very normal. Yeah. But um, I feel like now I actually uh, like I can lift things and I can lift Mikey, which Mm -hmm. is like. I another reason to like I was like oh right like I can actually pick him up so um you know the eight pound baby that I was like he's too heavy like I had the same thing like carrying we had one of those car seats that like you take the whole car seat out and then you click it in it's hard I found it really hard to carry that car seat with him in it which really isn't that heavy but for some reason it, i could barely do it and then i saw this other mom in the, the mommy and me group that i was in like she just had it slung on her arm like it was, it was just like a purse <laughs> like how are they i am the weakest human being in the world i think they're really awkward those things that too that yeah. too like there's no comfortable way but if you think the i think the car seat weighs 14 pounds and then the baby is you know eight or whatever That's a lot. i also yeah. never i always wanted to do baby carrying like to have the baby in a carrier yeah. or a sling or all those. And I had them and I would do it a little bit, especially with Owen, my second. But I always found that to be like it hurt my back. Me too. I couldn't I easily, didn't do okay. it. I had the yeah. sa- we had the same experience where I thought, oh, it'd be so fun to bop around with. And yeah. I'd be like, it's, he's too heavy. I can't. Yeah, it's not comfortable. Yeah. But yeah. also after having a baby, I feel like your core is just gone. <laughs> That's what I've been real Because now I'm like four years out from my second one. Yeah. And I'm realizing just how... Um, like, <laughs> so stupid sounding, but like, I'll be standing in the bathroom putting on makeup, and I'm like, if I let my stomach out, like, if I exhale, then I f- that doesn't feel right. But if I suck it in, that doesn't feel right. Like, I can't find the right place for my midsection to be. And I think it's because everything's all mushy and loose in there. And yeah. I have like diastasis recti a little bit, which is where the muscles separate. Oh, from, yeah. You know, yeah, all of us, I couldn't figure out what it was. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, that's from 
these babies. Yeah, they they tear you up. Yeah, <laughs> it makes sense, you know. Right. So I, yeah, uh, I should apply what your therapist says to my schedule. You just schedule yeah, you it. Yeah, just schedule like, it. And I was like, oh, and I will say, like having a trainer, which is it's uh, an expense but it's one that i like right now i don't want to hurt myself in doing mm-hmm. the things i don't know how to do it otherwise right. i'd rather have someone guide me and be there to make sure i don't drop a weight on my face <laughs> you know so um but it's yeah it's been so great mentally too which mm-hmm. is all the clichés um but yeah i don't know i feel like uh the, yeah it'll be interesting to see if how my bones look yeah you must let us know. <laughs> well, everyone's going to be on the edge of their seats. Yeah, please tell us. Please, please. Um, Kate, it was so nice having you on the show. Oh, thank, thank you so much. Um, is there anything? Okay. November 5th, you said, or November 3rd? November 5th, we'll be at the Bob Baker Marionette Theater. It has not been announced on the site, but it will be probably next week. So, okay. um, But the album release date is what? November 3rd. Okay. My hat. And um, the new the new video for one of the songs called Grocery Store just dropped today. I'm really proud of it. We kept going to different grocery stores until we got kicked out and then we'd go to another grocery <laughs> store and it turned out really nice. Who uh, who kicked you out the fastest? Um, Oh gosh, this Ralph's in Pasadena. Mm. They were like, are you filming? And we were, we're, we can't lie. We're like, yeah. Like, you can't do that. We're like, okay. We went to Whole Foods and to another Ralph's, but <laughs> it was fun. That's funny. Um, I got to check that video out. Yeah, it just came out. It's, it's really yeah. cute, I think. Tell but, everyone uh, where they can find you and what they should be looking out for. Obviously, the album. Yeah. The coloring book. Yes. Um, uh, you can just find me on Instagram. It's just my name, Kate Micucci. Same with, uh, I don't know, is it Twitter, X, whatever? I don't yeah. know. I've been posting on there just about my album, but that's about it. Um, and uh, yeah, I feel like, uh, I hope you like the music. I'm I'm really proud of this little album. I think uh, I think it turned out really sweet. I cannot wait to check it out. I'm so excited. Uh, I had you on not even knowing this album was about to come out. Oh, but yeah. perfect timing. It is perfect timing. Yeah. So thanks. You're so welcome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and follow me on social media at Allison Rosen on Twitter and Instagram. I'm on TikTok, but I don't do much. But follow me there, the Allison Rosen. Follow me on YouTube and subscribe on YouTube, youtube.com slash Allison Rosen. I am on Patreon, patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. It's a real theme with the names, you know? I think keep it consistent. You did great. That's right. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and I have merch available. If you go to allisonrosen.com, you'll see where you can uh, check out the merch store. I'm very happy with all of that and excited that I have merch finally. Uh, and I have a sub... <laughs> It's too many things. I think I read that, like, choose one thing to promote, you know, and I'm like, and the 14th thing I want to mention is I have a newsletter that I'm sending out now. Uh, Check that out, alisonrosen.substack.com. And finally, if you enjoy what you're hearing, or even if you don't, please make sure you're subscribed uh, wherever you you listen and leave us a nice review, five stars, etc., Kate, thank you. And thank you for listening to me just do all my plugs for five minutes. No, you did great. I hope everyone does all the things. And, and I um, hope they do all your things. Thanks. <laughs> and thanks for having me on. And I, I'm really glad we we got into the postpartum thing. I think uh, hopefully if anyone's going through it, that maybe we help them out a little. Yeah, I hope so too. Because there's so much you encounter that's just like... It's wonderful. And I realized my purpose the second they put him in my arms. And it's like, it's not like that for everyone. No, maybe a year later, I was like, oh, yeah, great. Yeah. (laughs) That's you. Yeah, Yeah, I know. Um, Thank you again. Listeners, thank you for listening. I love you. You matter. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the 
and rose and show. We had a good time.